0: welcome back to the yahoo fantasy basketball podcast i am andy barons uh here to guide you through this thing i'm joined as always by my yahoo uh collaborator dalton del dalton how are you doing well andy what's going on man um what's going on i built a papa Shot machine i just did that that was cool did you wow
1: yeah, really we've, that's pretty we've sick introduced papa shot
0: in to the home that's pretty fun i actually did it my, my wife was out of town on business, so there's no way she would have said yes to the installation of the pop shop machine where I installed it. it has a, It takes up a huge footprint too. It's, it's taking up a lot of our basement right now, but I'm pretty happy about it.
1: Every time we go to a Chuck E. Cheese's or whatever, my wife always demands to play and dominates me. Actually, and uh, <laughs> I got to give her credit, uh, words to. And yeah, what about your daughter, man? She, she can't appreciate. Right as soon as she leaves, then you, you hook it up with the nice Papa Shot there. She's athletic. She probably would have loved that.
0: That's that's hilarious. She feels that she has been, you know, like we're empty nesters now. She's in her first year at college, and she feels that she has been perfectly replaced by the Papa Shot machine. She, she's <laughs> totally. like, you're not gonna call me anymore. You just care about the Papa Shot machine, and I am actually. To be honest, fairly addicted to it. My wife has been pretty good too. I feel like I might like I'm a pretty good fantasy player. I am an awesome papa shot player. I should maybe I should maybe square off with your with your wife. Like I feel like if there's a national team, I should probably be on it.
1: There are some people on if you go on YouTube or whatever that have been on like Jimmy Kimmel Live or whatever. They're just so good, you know, dominate anyone in the NBA. They're crazy, crazy. The hand-eye coordination. But um, I trust you are. I have seen you in the bar games. You are pretty good at ping pong and shuffleboard and all that. So I'll take your word for there
0: it. There can't be more than two or three NBA current NBA players who can beat me in Papa Shop. shot. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> There's no Ooh, way.
1: I'd love to see it. Jam. Well, they, I'm sure that we can get that uh, together to where you could. I, I've heard some people in studio done that. And in, in Yahoo, there's a pop shot. I think it's happened before. I'd love to get that. Towards it's just, you.
0: It's obscene that I haven't been invited to it. Right. Yeah, that like, is obscene for sure. That's a joke. That's yeah. a total joke. Yeah. Anyway, I'm way off topic. I should get in <laughs> to our starting five because this is obviously the, the we're, we're man. We're less than a week away from tip off of the regular season. It happens next Tuesday, which makes this weekend pretty much the the big final draft push, final draft weekend. I've got one more coming up. I believe it's on Thursday night. Excited about that. So let's just get right into the starting five. I think the top story, we've had our first Anthony Davis injury fire drill. It turned out to be nothing. He had a thumb thing. It was in a wrap. He sat for a while. We were sure because it was Anthony Davis that he was going to need a total thumb replacement or something, but the MRI was fine. It sounds like he's back at practice. He's going to be good. But we had the exercise of preparing for the for the Anthony Davis injury. What, what did we learn? I noticed that you added Dwight Howard in the Friends and family League was that uh, was that about his preseason performance or was that just Anthony Davis speculation
1: It was more about his preseason performance actually just he's saying all the right things and I don't know he actually could be somewhat valuable even in 20 25 minutes but obviously there's the added bonus if ad were to go down. But uh, we didn't learn much. It's just more of the same with him. It comes with the territory. I mean, here's the guy, not only are you worried if you draft him in your season-long team he's someone that if you use in dfs you're like holding your breath you spent that much money on him on a nightly basis because it's any play he could just be in the locker room the next report so it's almost like it's hard to get uh, you give him a hard time for refusing to play so much center because maybe he knows his body just can't hold up man so anyway we can you can you got him in the friends and family you can take a deep breath he's going to be fine um and a- aside from that it sounds like all the lebron saying all the right things I tried to give him his jersey number so he's trying to make it ad's yeah. team so you have to be excited about that but yeah man this is just something uh sadly it's not going to be the last time you're worried about an ad injury this season
0: oh uh, i was i was panicked about the ad situation because you never you never assume that it's going to be it's going to be good news like when you see mri and anthony davis you you panic yeah, just a little sure. bit i will say i i recently watched the at least the tape delay of the of the dwight howard game against the warriors that warriors lakers game howard was good i want to say yep. that he got his 12th rebound in like the his 13th minute on the floor like he was he was sucking up every rebound some really nice interior passing like it was it was the best Dwight Howard we've seen in a while
1: yeah, horrific front court right now in the Warriors, and they're just getting dominated on the offensive. Sorry, defensive rebounding curve. There's like, hopefully we'll pass the Shanghai Sharks soon because we rank behind <laughs> even like the NBA team, 39th out of like 40 teams that have played qualified in the preseason or something. So yeah, that, take that one with a grain of salt. But yes, Howard definitely looks motivated And again, saying all the right things. So if you're yeah. in the right format, he's definitely in. You know, now again back in the fantasy radar for sure.
0: All right. Topic number two in our starting five. I I think I'm I think I'm just going to take a victory lap on this one. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero draws a preseason start the other night. Absolutely lit up the Hawks, scored the first 14 points, finished with 23, hit five threes. Dalton, tell me why this guy isn't. I mean, he's basically Clay Thompson without the defense, right?
1: Yeah. Defense might be one of the issues there. So, you know, I looked it up. I knew we were going to talk about heroes. I looked up before uh, Dion Waiters. I was curious where he ranked in real plus minus among shooting guards last year. And it was 48th, which I predicted to not be super high. And 48th is not that. So he does not have much in the way of competition. What a shooter. Sure. Even if just off the bench, why not? But uh, yeah, fun player to watch so far. Uh,
0: How much has he moved up your draft board? I assume that like most of us, you had him kind of like final round flyer before. Should we should we be taking him? I know round nine round ten
1: yeah it sounds to me like after a hundred or so picks are off the board it's fair game i mean there's so many flyers around there he's as good as any
0: topic number three another guy i want to talk about another rookie brandon clark uh terrific preseason performance by him he went 16 and 12 some defensive goodies in there as well i think it was two steals a block he's a guy who blocked three shots a game at gonzaga last year we know that Valanchunas is dealing with an ankle injury right now. It sounds like he'll probably be okay to go by the start of the regular season. How are you feeling about Clark? Do you own any shares? Is he the first big off the bench for that team? I don't own any shares yet, but I'm on board.
1: I mean, even projection systems liked him as a fantasy, you know, eight, nine cat guy right away. And now, if he's looking at even more playing time, it sounds like Valanchunas is probably just, they're just being safe. But who knows, big guys with sore feet. I mean, if he goes down, yeah, massive upside. I mean, my guy, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, obviously I love him to break out. But, you know, he's not the world's greatest rebounder. And Clark really is pretty solid there. So I like him. He's definitely making noise. And this team's not going to be that grit and grind slow system anymore. So, yeah, Clark is, is is definitely a real, real interesting fantasy guy right out of the gate.
0: Yeah, actually, I just brought up the uh, the collegiate stats for Clark So he shot he shot almost 71% on twos last year, which is which is considered quite good. Like that's crazy. Uh, 69% from the field overall, basically 71% on two pointers, 3.2 blocks a game 1.2 steals. So a lot of defensive goodies possible here if he just falls into 20 to 24 minutes a game, which I think he might. That's a that's a huge fantasy impact.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have to score a lot of points to really be helpful there, especially in you know non-points leagues.
0: Another big I want to talk about as uh, as topic number 4, what what are your what, like what's your level of concern at this exact moment on Blake Griffin? I've been in a couple drafts recently where he's fallen like round 4, round 5. That seems really low to me, but maybe that's just about his brand name. He's a guy where we don't exactly know what the shooting percentages are going to be. They've kind of been all over the map over the course of his career. Not someone who generates a ton of blocks or steals. You're you're pretty much depending on points and boards there. But man, like when he was right last year, he looked he looked so good. And yet we've got a knee, we've got a hamstring, he's been sick, he's got all kinds of issues.
1: All those threes, too, he was hitting last year too. So Blake Griffin's really interesting. I mean he I watched him on Alec Baldwin's Roast, Comedy Central Roast. He's a budding comedian. He's pretty funny and natural. I know he didn't write it all, but he is he is actually pretty funny. I don't know what that means as far as how serious he's taking basketball. He had off knee surgery and a strep throat, now a hamstring. I think he played like 75 games last year. But to me, just one of the most injury-prone players in the league and now on the wrong side of 30. So he's the type of player who just will not be any, on any of my teams, I feel like. I, I, he just seems like a too big of an injury risk. For when other, other fantasy guys are, are willing to take that, that draft pick. What about you? Wow,
0: you're totally out on him. Well, I haven't I haven't drafted him yet, which I guess says something. But 24 and a half points a game last year, seven and a half boards a game, five assists. And as you say, he was he was taking a bunch of he was taking a bunch of threes. I don't know how many threes it was per night, but it was um, looking at rise, seven threes attempted per night. He shot him at a 36% clip. Like that's a pretty useful big. Those are those are some big man. Um, they, like you're obviously you're filling a, a power forward spot with a guy who's putting up stats that you don't normally get from a power forward. That has a little bit of value. Yeah,
1: you know, the assists are great. No, I know um, Zach Low was talking about. He's one of the more unique players in the league right now. I mean, he's, he's, the way he plays is definitely different. And I hope I'm wrong and he stays healthy. Um, because those mo- those stats are monstrous. You're right. But that's my answer. That's my answer, man. I- I'm scared that he's going to go down this year. But but you're-, you're right, though. He's really, really good when on the court.
0: He's also always filled sort of his downtime with, like, you know, he's super personable guy, um, uh, really charismatic, right? Like, he- he's just been like an advertiser's dream. Yeah, and he, an said, you know, he overcame dream. those
1: terrible injuries. I mean, those horrible injuries he had to overcome early on in his career. You know, I said – I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, he's getting older. You know, he really had just turned 30, yeah. actually. So, I mean, I say he's, a, he's not really – battled. So um I hope he does. I hope he stays healthy.
0: Final topic I want to hit in the starting five and this is a guy that I didn't I mean I, we could have gone all year without talking about this kid. I'm surprised that but we have to bring him up. Carson Edwards just hit nine damn threes in a game. I want to say he had 28 points in a quarter. I had it on kind of in the kind of in the background. Wasn't really expecting to see a whole lot on the old league pass from Cleveland and Boston. It was the only thing available to me at the time. And uh, pretty soon Carson Edwards was hitting just absolutely everything. Is there is there room for him in the rotation in Boston?
1: I had a couple of buddies texting me about Carson Edwards last night who normally don't, you know, not nightly hoops uh, texters. So he's making making noise. Lit up summer league too, so I guess at this point you gotta call him somewhat of a flyer option in deeper leagues, you know. I'm not a college guy. There's three three college guys on your on starting five here. So I don't I don't have a too strong of a take here, but man, <laughs> he was he was fun watching the highlights, draining him from threes. I mean I watched him, he was just pulling up the second he'd get it and and yeah, I mean he's he's definitely on the radar now.
0: I'm not I'm not generally a college guy either, but he did play at Purdue, so I like everything I know about college basketball is is through my uh, Iowa Hawkeye fandom, and I feel like we never held him to less than twenty points. I mean, he was a, obviously a great college player, all American player, but he he killed us. He killed the Big Ten. He was so good. As you look at his stats, he was not a great percentage shooter. On threes last season, the year before, though, about 41%. In my memory, he just hit everything against us.
1: And I'll, I'll never trust your college, uh, you know, your analysis, too, because <laughs> I just will not forget right after the 49ers drafted George Kittle in the fifth round, you texted me and said, Horrible mistake, just horrible. Shut you know, I follow this I kid's not. career in college closely. I am the worst. You said a horrible pick. So I'll just wings. never forget that. Oh, that is! I'll never such, that is that. such
0: a filthy lie. That is such a terrible, filthy lie. We have to, we we have to edit that out. That is a monstrous lie.
1: All right. Anyway, so what do what we got up next here? Uh, Carson Edwards, definitely uh, a, a whatever, a fun player, flyer, but probably not someone you you need to rush to, to grab in your fantasy league. Yeah, it's
0: just it's really hard for me to imagine that in like boston's rotation of all things uh that that carson edwards is going to get much time at all right there's just it, it's like it's such a deep team so many guys uh, either in that uh starting five or coming off that bench that crave shots too right like it's just really difficult for me to imagine him as a, a guy who night in and night out is is getting points for you
1: what a what an interesting team to follow this year though they got to be among the top of the list i'm totally. most interested to see
0: so we're going to be joined really soon by mike barner of rotowire Before we get into the interview with Mike, um, really good analyst. I just want to get your final thoughts, like headed into a huge draft weekend. Who are the players that you are really severely moving up and down the board?
1: Well, Zion, I mean, he missed a shot in the preseason. So, I mean, he's moving up. Trey Young went in the first round in our friends and family draft. um, And I'm kind of on board. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do this, though. Be a homer. Draymond Green. 13, 8.5, and a half, 1.5, 1.5. That's what he's in the playoffs. Draymond, 10 rebounds, eight and a half assists, one and a half steals, one and a half blocks, 49.8% field goal shooting. That's going to be regular season Draymond this year because they need it and he showed up in shape. And I just think their poor defense is going to result in a bunch of uh, possessions. So like Draymond Green, mid third round, I'm all in.
0: That was actually going to be my question for you, was whether we were getting best shape of his life, Draymond, or the version of Draymond who had to lose 20 or 30 pounds in the middle of the damn season.
1: It's tough to lose, you know, be finals five straight years. You can see the rest in their laurels, yeah. whatever it's not their year. But on the other side, uh, Curry and Green might have a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, the way Durant left, I don't know, everyone's kind of writing them completely off. And he reportedly did show up in in that shape. So we'll see. But that, that's my prediction, a healthy motivated, in shape, Draymond, monster if you can get him in round three. I
0: got to say one guy, um, I haven't even really moved him up the board so much as I feel like I reached a particular point in drafts, maybe we're through round six, round seven, and, like, Jeff Teague is just always there. People seem to be running away from him. I, I kind of get it. It was a partial season last year. Injuries, perhaps a worry. But you reach a point in a draft where Jeff Teague is far and away the one guy who projects to have the most assists, and he he just falls a mile. So he's a guy that I have ended up scooping up. Like, I don't know how that's going to work out, but it doesn't really matter at the point that you're able to draft him because you get him like round eight. And again, he's like the only viable point guard at that point. And they, You know, there, there are some certainly some holes in his game. He's not like the traditional point guard, not a not a great three point shooter or anything like that, but. There's a real chance that we get seven and a half, eight and a half assists out of that guy. And he's he's almost free. Boring
1: veteran. And I totally agree. It's happened to me. I've gotten him in around that area in a draft because, yeah, no one's excited to draft him and pull the trigger there. Another boring answer I'm going to give you is the guys that I'm down on are just the Paul George, Porzingis, Kawhi, load management guys. I just feel like I just at the time push comes to shove. I'm like, no, I want the players that are going to get the games. And that might even be wrong, by the way. I mean, come playoff time, it's like, man, Paul George is such a monster and you could have had him later. And who can, you know, just got to worry about getting to the playoffs. But to me, that's my answer. It's the guys moving down my draft board or, or when I'm actually, when the bullets are flying, it's the load management question, guys.
0: Yeah. I like that one on Paul George. I haven't, I haven't touched him yet. And I've had, uh, you know, I've, I've been in positions in drafts where Paul George is clearly the best real life player on the board. Right. And I just can't, I can't pull the trigger because we know he's going to miss games at the start of the year. And then I, we're not guaranteed that, you know, we, we get into we get into April. We're not really guaranteed that he's going to play games at the end of the year either. Right. Because they're just going to want to rest guys to be healthy for the playoffs, because that team of all like you, you look at that. Maybe it'll be different for the Lakers, but certainly the Clippers, when you look at their personnel, they're not they're not going to care i don't think about having home court advantage right like those guys are just assassins
1: yeah so thursday night is chase center's opener against the clippers but yeah no paul george or, the prices are not reflecting no paul george <laughs> let me tell you they're uh, they're uh, still wanting you to to watch that opening tip off in the new stadium they're not they're not cheap not cheap but um i'm tempted to to go to that one but uh, it could be fun
0: you usually save your funds for finals games though right yeah,
1: yeah. Which I should do this year, right? <laughs> yeah. So What's going to say? You may want to year. reallocate yeah. that this season. Yeah. Yeah. All right, who you go? Who you down on, then,
0: Andy? Who am I down on? Gosh, I'm not. Down. I, I'm. I love everyone, Dalton. I'm not really down on <laughs> anyone. Um, you think of that's guys brand. that I've that brand. I've been kind of running away from in in drafts so far. Porzingis is, I guess, I would say the easy answer. I'm not as down on Blake as you, but Porzingis is the one where I can just easily imagine him playing like. 60 games. And he's also the player where I feel like there's somebody in every draft room who is super enthusiastic about him as well. Like somebody willing to take him like back end of round two, early round three and where he goes. I just like assuming I'm going to get 60 or 62 games. I, I, I just could never do it.
1: Yeah, he hasn't played in forever. And when management's already stating that like the plan is to miss to around 20 games, I mean, that, that yeah. that's suddenly a best case scenario then, because I feel like they wouldn't lie the other way. Right, so, right. I'm that's, with
0: you. that's really a good way yeah. to put it. That, that doesn't mean that he's going to play 60 games. That means that if everything goes right, he's going to play exactly. 60 games. Right. And that's just a right. that's just a killer because it means as a practical matter, he might play 48 or 50. All right, cool. Let's get into it with uh, with Mike Barner of Rotowire. All right, we are joined today by Mike Barner. Find him on Twitter at RotoMikeBarner. Mike has written for RotoWire for like a decade, long time, uh, writes for the Quant Edge. Uh, he was, I want to say, a 2018 FSWA Basketball Writer of the Year finalist. Really good, uh, really good fantasy hoops writer, really good fantasy hoops player. Uh, and I have recently been trapped in a slow pick email draft with him for what felt like. Three months, slow pick drafts are some sort of circle of hell, but it was okay. I like my team. It was all right. Mike, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Thank, thanks for jumping in. First of all, I guess I guess, what would you think of the uh, the results of the, I should give the draft its proper name. It is the Hoops Head draft. You threw it together, a bunch of fantasy writers. It was, it was actually really fun. It's going to be a good league. It's going to play out really well. You, I want to say, took LeBron first round, maybe eighth pick, 10th pick, something like that. How are you feeling about your team?
2: Yeah, I I had him with the ninth. I had the ninth pick. Uh, I took LeBron. I really didn't want to take LeBron, but I couldn't pass him up that late. I really wanted Luka Doncic in the second round. I missed him by one pick. I was pretty upset with that. Uh, I I, I pivoted and took Jimmy Butler, who I do like. But obviously, Luka Doncic gives you a lot more all around. I'm happy with my team. I was pretty bummed I didn't get Bam out of bio. I'm pretty much the president of his fan club, I <laughs> feel like. I passed up on him in the fourth round. I knew you guys wouldn't let him come back to me in the fifth. I decided to take Kyle Lowry instead. I, I like the assist and point guard spot that early. As you know, it dries up pretty fast, I felt. But overall, I was, ha- I was happy with my team. How would you like how yours came out?
0: Well, so I was picking fourth, and I I managed to get Carl Anthony Towns, who I would normally have number one overall. I got him with the fourth pick, so I felt pretty good about that right away. Took Trey Young in the second, and I actually, I haven't seen Trey Young fall that far very often, so I felt good about that. I felt like my first two picks addressed basically every category, and I managed to duck the load management guys So that was a that was a huge win for me. It was also the first time that I successfully got Shea Gilgis Alexander, who I have been who I feel like I've been trying to get every time and I just get sniped. So that was that was a huge win. Whether it works out or not, I at least get to have a share and I get to watch that. This
1: draft loses credibility with me not invited to it, first of all. So that's uh, <laughs> and Andy, Trey Young falling to round two. Yeah, that's actually well done there. Uh, I want to ask you, Mike, about round three. Donovan Mitchell, a guy I keep ending up with myself, that seems uh, pretty late here. Are you buying the Dwayne Wade comparisons and the, uh, you know, there's there's buzz. That he's just going to you know erupt this year and truly, truly become a, a, one of the league stars.
2: I I basically took him because, as you guys know, with LeBron and and Jimmy Butler, you're not getting a lot of three-point shooting. I felt in the third round there with Donovan Mitchell, that would give me a great three-point shooter as well as a lot of scoring. I'm worried about his assists, obviously, this year. Um, He's got Mike Connolly in the fold. But there's enough scoring upside and three-point shooting there that in the third round, I thought he was a really good fit for my LeBron and, and Jimmy Butler duo to start things out.
0: Can I ask a general sort of fantasy question as we head into pretty much the last big draft weekend? How are you how are you approaching the load management guys cuz I kind of throw LeBron into that bucket. He I mean I, at 9 or 10 LeBron is a, a pretty easy pull I think in the first round, but realistically we probably figure he's 65 games or so this year, maybe it's 70 games. How are you approaching that pool of players generally?
2: I feel like there's a varying degrees or varying tiers of load management guys. I feel like Joel Embiid and Kawhi Leonard are probably the, the riskiest of the load management guys. I know Embiid says he wants to play a lot of games. That's a great sentiment to have. But why? Why, why would the Sixers <laughs> push him? I mean, they want to win a championship. They've got Horford. they got Kyle O'Quinn. There's no point in pushing him. Keep him healthy and make sure he's ready. I'm usually avoiding Embiid and Kawhi Leonard. I think LeBron James is a load management guy, but like you said, to a lesser extent compared to those two guys. So I generally try to avoid him if I can, but I couldn't avoid LeBron. And I don't, I'm not a big LeBron guy just because he beat my Bulls so many times in the playoffs there. I kind of got a sour taste in my mouth, but you can't pass up that value.
0: Almost every time he beat your Bulls, I was was actually sitting there live, either weeping or shell-shocked. So, yeah, I, I hear you there. So did you throw up a little bit when I took him? I mean, did it make you sick? <laughs> no, like I, I mean, now, now that he's now that he's not, you know, uh, he's not an immediate threat right now. He's not. He's not a a member of the Cavs. He's not a member of the Heat. the The Bulls aren't, you know, as much as I like to say they're a super team. They're very clearly not a super team. Um, they're not. They're not really going that far in the playoffs. It, but he he just killed me during those the Rose years, especially, because I always talked myself into into the notion that the Bulls could could like either make the finals or win a thing. Obviously, LeBron was was always there to end their season.
1: Yeah. Mike, I want to I want to jump in and ask you more uh, general question. I know a couple of weeks ago, you, uh, you wrote an, an, a schedule analysis column. Give us some of your main takeaways of, from that. And also, how much do you take that into account? Like, are you using it just as a tiebreaker? Or are you really like digging in and looking at these playoff schedules?
2: Uh, I don't really take it into a huge grain of salt while I'm drafting my team, but I reflect on it a lot during the season, uh, especially if you're in a head-to-head league where you have weekly lineup changes. I refer to that on a weekly basis, and you can get a lot of edge on that. Sure. I, I know a lot of people try to target for the playoffs. It, it's hard to plan that far ahead. You don't know who's going to get hurt. You don't know who's going to get traded. Um, so I, I like to use that as a tool as I'm working my way throughout the regular season.
0: Let me ask you about a couple guys that you got, you got really late in this thing, both of them rookies, Darius Garland and uh, Brandon Clark. What are your expectations for those two?
2: Well, they're not a lot. I was happy to get them that late. So I like to take a, a chance on one of the lower end rookie or two, especially on my bench spots like that. I needed blocks, which was the main reason why I went after Clark. Uh, obviously, I, I think he's the primary backup, uh, both at the four and the five for the Grizzlies. Who knows how Valanciunas is going to play out with that team. They might want to go more towards Clark as the season moves along. So I like his blocks there. And Garland, I I like the duo of him and Sexton from an offensive perspective. So obviously that's what I'm looking for uh, from the fantasy angle. So I I like taking a chance on them for my bench spots. If it doesn't work out, I can always cut bait and and grab the hot hot wave wire guy. I actually feel like I would hold on to Clark longer than I would Garland. Um, But maybe that's because I need the blocks more on my team than I do anything else. I have one more
1: question for your team, peers. I like round six. Three of my favorite, like or uh, most people's favorite sleepers went in a row here. Thomas Bryant, Jonathan Isaac, love Isaac, and then you got Derek Favors. Obviously, the setup there much more favorable in New Orleans, fast pace last year. What are your thoughts on Favors? Or uh, seems like you're buying in? Uh, Going to be a, a, a nice, a nice breakout this year.
2: Yeah, definitely I I do like him. I actually I I think the best way to go about him is is a little bit less is more. I I hope the Pelicans don't wear him out in terms of his minutes per game. I don't think they will. I think ideally you want to keep him under 30 minutes a game. He could still be very productive in that in that time frame of on the court. I think pairing him with Steven Adams gave me the blocks that I needed that I missed out on early and missing out on Bam Adebayo. I wanted to attack the big man. I wanted to get at least two of those guys are on the board. And I'm glad I did. I was really hoping to get Wendell Cardell Jr. in the eighth round. Again, he got sniped a couple of picks before me. So I had to pivot and grab Enos Cantor around later, which I wasn't as pumped about. But um, yeah, I do like favors this year. He's one of the bigs I'm targeting in the earlier rounds.
0: I felt the same way with Carter, by the way. All the all the bulls that I was enthusiastic about getting were were going off the board like three or four picks ahead of me. And it was a little bit agonizing. Again, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to just have like the the one or two hometown guys on your fantasy team. <laughs> You've got a couple. I mean, you got Saturanski. You got Thad Young, right? Yeah, I, I always end up with Thad Young. I feel like because nobody else wants him, and he's like the last source of steals on the board. Uh, every time I every time I take him. Let me ask you, a sort of final thing as we head into what is really the final big draft weekend. Who has moved up and down your draft board the most?
2: I'm probably not the only one on this bandwagon, obviously I'm not, but the Tyler hero, I mean, he's really moving on my draft board. The heat have basically very little three point shooting. Uh, they lost Wayne Ellington, Josh Richardson and Tyler Johnson. Those were three of the top five players on their team last year in terms of three pointers made per game. They really need Hero's three point shooting. I, I, I can see him starting. I mean, he's got a leapfrog Dion waiters. That's not exactly a massive hurdle to jump over. Um, So I really like him moving up my draft boards Uh, and in terms of guys moving down, I hate to say it. I I was a very pro Enos Cantor guy. I'm not so much
0: anymore. You took him in the hoops head. I
2: I know, but I was actually higher on him. I I was thinking he was someone I would take as early as the seventh round, but now with the talk of him being essentially the leader of the second unit, I was envisioning him playing around 30 minutes a game this year. And he he was basically a walking double double last year. When he averaged only twenty-five minutes combined for the Knicks and Blazers. I mean, he averaged thirteen point seven points and nine point eight boards a night. I was really hoping he'd get that bump up to thirty minutes, and I, I don't think he will. I've pushed him down a couple of rounds. Like I said, I was as high on him as the seventh. I like him in the ninth round now, which is where I grabbed him in our league. Let
0: me let me ask you one final question about the Hoopshead draft. You and, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, and you also suggested that BAM is is maybe one of the the pillars of your draft so far. Have you, have you generally started a lot, of your, a lot of your team builds like this one where you're not really grabbing any of the big man stats until like round four, round five?
2: I try to attack guards and big men early. The, the scarcest uh, stats, you know, we're looking for are assists and, and steals and blocks, those kinds of things. Things I normally like to target, uh, that, I like to Jimmy Butler because he helped a lot with the steals uh, in that regard lebron james obviously gives you a lot of overall a lot of different things i don't necessarily i try to go into every draft with an open mind i don't i don't necessarily know who's going to fall to me so i try to take every draft as a different animal i'll start approaching different categories as the first couple of rounds unfold but i don't like to pigeonhole myself into any particular strategy or players especially in a roto league like this it's different if we're in a head-to-head league and maybe after my first couple of picks i want st- to definitely want to start punting free throw percentage or blocks based on how the draft is falling. to me.
0: Did you go into this one planning on punting anything? Did drafting LeBron make you think you're going to punt maybe free throw percentage?
2: No, I I definitely try not to punt anything in a roto league. I mean, you can really dig yourself a pretty deep hole if you're getting one or two points in a particular category. So no, I mean, I did try. I, I liked Butler because he'll help me a lot offset LeBron's poor free throw shooting percentage. But that just kind of happened to work out where I like baller in that spot anyways.
0: Well, I want to thank you for joining us. This has been this has been awesome. It's great to finally talk to you. I feel like we've circled each other on social media for a little while and uh, finally get a chance to chat. That is always really cool. Again, you guys can always find Mike Barner, Roto Mike Barner on Twitter. Thanks very much, man. Well, thanks a lot. And, and Dalton, we'll get you on the next draft next year. I apologize for not getting you
2: in there. But, you know, no, no I, did, I didn't want to have you blow everybody out of the water right out of the gate. Listen, so, you know, Dalton is yeah. like a
0: <laughs> trade spammer. Um, he's such a difficult person to. Oh, to he, he'll sit on trade offers for like weeks at a time. I don't know. He's a problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, if anything, well, you know me, I'm a trade spammer, Andy. That's for sure. That's <laughs> my, my <problem. laughs>
2: well, thanks again, guys. I appreciate being on. And good luck, everyone, with your drafts this weekend. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike.
0: Oh, that was good. Uh, again, as I mentioned in the interview, I feel like I've, I feel like I've known. Mike for a really long time have never actually interacted with him I have a lot of weird internet friendships like that but it was good to, it was good to chat with him you learn anything there
1: Yep. no that is true though it's so weird the people that just the jobs we have are so different you just you form these friendships uh, you only know them from the internet and every now and then you have these convention you know these conferences or whatever once a year but uh it's definitely oh, weird, and we all get I together like and work. have
0: the most awkward conversations right. until the drinks yep. start flowing and then it's yep. and then it's cool yep
1: for sure, that's that's going to be fun for us now that we're doing this podcast deal. We're gonna we're gonna be have to become closer with these guys and actually talk to them, you know, not just through the uh, the <laughs> interwebs. There, so normal,
0: real nice. human interaction yeah. instead of yeah, really short bursts on Twitter. It's weird. One thing I want to get to before we actually wrap this thing up is, our, in case you missed it, Kevin Durant is just inserting himself into all sorts of wonderful conversations on Twitter, and he got involved with Matt Moore, who people may know as Hardwood Paroxysm on on twitter on the subject of mid-range shooting and i just thought it was super interesting the whole thing began with matt tweeting a link to a thing on the jump about zach levine and his and his mid-range game and durant was super interesting you see any of this
1: i did i mean durant is such a weird guy i mean i love his sit downs he went on Bill Simmons' podcast and sat down with him for an hour and a half, like four or five separate times. I mean, this guy, he's really open and I appreciate that. But then he's like so defensive. Obviously, he's gotten a hard time for the burner accounts and all that. And now here he is. He says he's not a fan of graphs or something specifically, is what he's talking about here. Not a fan of graphs. But yeah, I mean, whatever. Definitely an interesting guy. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Durant?
0: I could go either way on Durant. He wasn't entirely anti analytics and, in fact, said that uh, he, he spends time every year. Looking at the places on the floor where he's most effective and least effective, and throws himself into getting better at you know the spots on the floor where he's least effective. So he's not he, he's not entirely anti analytics, but I think the thing that he was throwing out was the idea that you know at some point, whether it's the postseason, whether it's like late shot clock situations, you, s- somebody's going to have to take like an elbow jumper. Somebody's going to have to take like the dreaded seventeen foot jumper that nobody wants anybody to take in the NBA. But those are the shots that get created when defense is tight, when, um, you know, there's very little time on a shot clock. I I did think one of the things that became evident in the conversation that he was having with a whole bunch of different writers was that, like, you know, even within the context of the NBA, he's such a freak of a shooter that I don't, I don't think he has problems that can be easily related to, like, Zach Levine's issues, right? Because Kevin Durant is just a 40, 50, 90 guy, period. And every shot that Kevin Durant takes is, a, is a, like, a hyper-efficient shot. And whereas Zach Levine, you know, can get his own shot really nicely, but he's still, like, a 35, 36% guy from two, that's not Kevin Durant. Um, and, and so I think, he, I think he may lose a little bit of perspective just on, by virtue of the fact that he is one of the, I don't know, 10 best players of all time.
1: Of all time, right? Yeah. So, so he did. Some people did take it as criticism when he said say something very spe- uh, similar to what you're saying here as far as the Warriors in the playoffs to where that free flowing offense was great until the further you got and the defense clamped down. And that really did become more ISO was necessary. And Steve Kerr did not deny it at all, and he says when you have one of the best players ever, and yes, when defenses do have all the film, and they can con- and it's not back to backs, and they just concentrate more. Yeah, it does come down to those individual players like Durant. So, um, but yeah, and, and it's tough to compare himself uh, to with Lev- Levine because yeah, Durant's one of the best of all times.
0: Yeah, I feel like that shouldn't even be a particularly controversial take, right? Because we've all seen series where once you get like, you're in the fourth game, you're in the fifth game, the sixth game, you've, you've watched film of no other team for two weeks, right? And, and you're like, you're living uh, your, your entire life is basically prep to face a certain opponent, like, I don't know, you look at the, look at the last couple of playoff series that the Raptors played last year. uh, So many of those possessions came down to Kawhi just manufacturing a shot and it wasn't always a great shot. Right. But it, but it gave him a chance and somebody has got to be willing to do that. So I like, I don't know. I, I appreciated what Durant was saying. I think we're just sort of generally in for a wonderful year of Kevin Durant just insinuating himself into a bunch of social media conversations because he's not going to have anything better to do. He's not going to be
1: playing, right, right. But, and, it's also just that those final teams are going to always be, like, top five in defensive efficiency, too. It's also effort, but they're also going to be the best defensive teams you have to deal with, too, typically at the end of seasons. But, oh, great point with Durant not playing this year. Yeah, he's going to have way too much time on his hands. So get ready for more of this moving forward, for sure.
0: Uh, It is going to be so fun. And that is going to do it for our third show on the Yahoo Fantasy Hoops podcast. We will be back next Thursday. In the meantime, good luck with your drafts this weekend, people. Subscribe. Write us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe tell a friend or three about the show. Follow us on Twitter. One more time, Mike Barner is at Roto Mike Barner. Follow the at Yahoo Fantasy account. I'm at Andy Barons. He is at Dalton Del Don. That is it, people. We're out.